God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. where today's just a difficult day. So we pray that you would encourage them today. Father, we pray for people who are fearful, maybe something's...
If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, and the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall come, then I shall know fully, even as I have fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Uh, we're good now. Okay, there, um, does anyone not have an outline that was passed out? Um, do we have any? Okay. Yeah, it looks like we may not have enough, perhaps. Well, Orlando, do you have very many? Are you about out? Okay. How many more hands? A lot. Okay. Would someone be willing to take and see if we need some more to run some copies? All right. Good deal. I think we'll get some more copies made. Okay. Um, I want to begin by... I have a, we've been going through spiritual gifts and we're kind of coming to the end of, of that. And this morning I just wanted to run through the gifts. I made a short list that hopefully would be helpful. My advice to you would be take this and stick it in your Bible. And over the next weeks, just read it and pray about it. Um, I have a longer list that goes into more detail, but I thought how helpful it would be to have all of this on one page where you can just look at it and pray about it. And I would also encourage you maybe to meet up with someone and say, hey, do you see any of these in me? Do anything, does anything stick out when you think about me? Maybe in a group, a group of people, you could bring this up and say, can you guys kind of help me where maybe some of you see a gift, spiritual gift in me that I'm not aware of and 
I don't recognize or see. So it can be very helpful to do that. So to begin with, I'm going to read the list. We're just going to walk through this list. I'm just going to read them. And then what I really want to do after that is get to 1 Corinthians 13, which really helps us to know how to use our gifts. Um, Administration, the ability to organize and direct resources and people in such a way that it promotes the work of God and enables others to use their gifts while creating healthy relationships. So maybe that describes um, some of you. Apostleship, one who effectively launches and leads new ministry ventures to expand God's kingdom and advance God's purposes according to God's will and not personal ambition. Celibacy is contentment in a life of singleness in order to more effectively pursue God and His will. This is not the same thing as one who is currently single and very much desires marriage. This is someone who doesn't have any present plans for pursuing marriage. They're not really looking for it because they feel they're okay with setting that aside right now and they're just focused on um, on God and they totally believe that's where God wants them to be. Deliverance would be one who desires to be involved in spiritual warfare when another person has come under the influence and even possession of demonic powers in order to deliver them from evil. Discernment is the ability to quickly tell whether something is of God or of Satan, whether something is true or false. Encouragement and exhortation the ability to speak into another person's life a most timely and helpful truth to inspire, correct, motivate, encourage, and build up. Evangelism is one who has a deep passion for soul winning and loves to share the good news of Jesus with others and loves to see people make a decision to follow Jesus. The gift of faith is one who has deep confidence that God will, God can and will do great things and is eager to climb over barriers that others see as impossible. Giving is someone who is incredibly, incredibly generous. And I didn't write someone who's incredibly wealthy, someone who's incredibly generous with what they have. One who constantly thinks about how to provide for those in need and how to finance the, uh, the work of God. Healing is a person, describes a person who's very concerned about the health of others and wants to be involved by prayer, laying of hands, anointing with oil, and does not hesitate to ask God for miraculous healing. Helping describes those who love to jump in and lend a hand, most comfortable working behind the scenes, love to see an event run smoothly, will happily do the job no one else wants or thinks to do. Hospitality is someone who loves to welcome and love on other people so that they feel wanted, valued, and accepted. Loves to create an atmosphere for fellowship. Easily spots those in need of a hug or an invite to lunch. Intercession describes one given to much prayer. One who loves to pray and often prays for long amounts of time. Encourages others to pray and often receives amazing answers to prayer. Interpretation of tongues. One who can understand and tell what a person is saying who is speaking in tongues and therefore can share the message with others. And the gift of knowledge, one who has vital and important information from God, either by a deep knowledge of God's word or by a special word of insight that is given by the Holy Spirit. 
Leadership is the ability to see what God wants to do, lead others in such a way that it strengthens those involved and brings about a unified effort to carry out God's will. Mercy describes people who immediately notice and want to help those in need, someone who is very compassionate. Miracles describes those who are unafraid to ask God for supernatural intervention, who believe in and experience God's involvement, can share stories of what they believe to be true miracles of God. Missions describes those who want to give to missions, want to hear about missions, and go on mission for God so that the whole world can hear about Jesus in fulfillment of the Great Commission. Pastoring describes people who feel a weighty responsibility for the spiritual care of groups of people and have a special ability to lead others into spiritual health. It can be the leader of a small group all the way to an official position as a shepherd, pastor, or elder of the church. Prophecy describes one who speaks words from God to others, the preaching of God's revealed word, the Bible, or the telling of a new message from God through revealed through prayer, vision, dream, or however else God might want to communicate and guide His people, always to be tested by Scripture. Teaching is the special ability to understand, explain, and communicate God's Word to that, so that others grow in their knowledge of God and in their love for God. Speaking in tongues is the supernatural ability to speak in a language unknown to the speaker in order to share the gospel or to commune with God in prayer. Wisdom is one who is especially wise in spiritual matters and can provide guidance to others either as a result of years of walking with God or from a timely insight given by God for an immediate situation. And the gift of worship is someone who has a special ability to lead God's people into times of praise and worship, the ability to inspire a community of worshipers closer to heaven in hearts and minds so that a longing for God momentarily lifts our burdens and sets our affections upon the triune God. So this is a, a list. You might not like the way I've described some of these, or you might like all of them, but this is my understanding in simple language. I thought, how can I say this in the simplest way so that people can at least have a, an understanding of spiritual gifts and how... You have everyone in this room, if you're a Christian, there's something on that list that represents you. There's something on that list where you're supposed to be serving other people for the glory of God, to proclaim God's kingdom and to advance God's cause. So my encouragement to you is take that part of the list, put it away in your Bible and come back to it for a week or two. Just pray Keep looking at it. Communicate with people you trust, people that know you pretty well, and other believers, and, and work within your group of people that you know or could talk to and say, where, where do you see me? Husband, where do you see? Wife, where do you see this? Friends, where do you see this? Um, people that have some spiritual connection in your life, where do you see this? People just who know you well uh, can really help you. And I really do think learning what your spiritual gift can come, it can be helpful to take one of those spiritual gifts tests, but I think the best way is in community with other believers as you begin to walk through and pray through this. And people, other people who know you and love you will help give you some counsel and insight. And then the question becomes, are you using your gift 
Christ has given many gifts. Wouldn't it be sad if a bunch of them are under the tree unopened? Just unopened. How, how many of you are going to leave unopened Christmas presents? You really think your kids are not going to rip those packages off? Why don't we not, as God's children, do the same thing? Why are we not ripping the package off like, Lord, what are your gifts? What are your gifts? What are your gifts for us? So that's what my hope is. Now I want to shift gear a little bit, and I want to tie in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to chapter 12 and 14. If, um, if we could describe this spiritual gifts, chapter 12 to 14, as a, a sandwich, then 12 and 14, the buns, and 13 is the meat. Okay? Um, I've never had this experience, but I would be bitterly disappointed if I was driving down the road on a trip and I pulled into Wendy's for a double cheeseburger. And I get down the road about five miles and I bite into that thing and there's no meat in there. I'm just going to tell you, two pieces of bread with mayonnaise, mustard, and, and a... Um, ketchup does not appeal to me when I was all I was the reason I got doubles I wanted double meat and I, I bite into this wet soggy bun and it's like what a bummer and that's the way the church of Jesus Christ ought to be when people are all about spiritual gifts but they're not very good at loving each other that's the way it was that's nothing like a soggy hamburger with no meat in it and that's the way we ought to feel. So that's kind of the way I'm thinking. I want, well, I want to talk about the relationship between spiritual gifts and the love of God, the love of Christ. The love chapter could not be placed, could not be placed in a better spot. Spiritual gifts have always created problems, and love has always been the solution. Wherever there are gifted people, there's always danger because many people use their gifts without love, and it becomes destructive. Number one, the love of self destroys the intended blessings of spiritual gifts. If I love me more than God and more than you, then I'm going to misuse my gift and it's going to be destructive. The love of self destroys the intended blessings. God's intention for giving the gift, that's destroyed when I'm focused on myself the love of self destroys the intended blessing of spiritual gifts. Paul selects several spiritual gifts in chapter 13. He just picks some. It didn't matter which one he picks. And he shows how they can be robbed of their intended purpose. He has much good to be done. He gives a gift and it's like, oh man, I'm going to give them this gift and great things are going to happen. That's his intention. That's what he means. Um, it could be speaking in tongues, prophesying, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, mountain-moving faith, extraordinary generosity, or even laying down one life for the cause of the gospel. And he says things like this. Ah, that's just a loud, annoying noise, like two pieces of metal smashing together. That's like... Um, nothing worthless. You don't benefit at all. If love, that one through 24, 20, how many? One through 25. Without love, 
all that good. Just throw it in the trash can without love. Okay? That's what Paul is saying. That's what God is telling to us. However, when the gifted individual is lacking love, all the blessings evaporate. Let me describe it two ways. Let me say what happens to the gifted person. The gifted person who stands in front to do something or lead something using their gift without love, everything they could have received, the gifted person receives nothing from it when their heart's not right. And they're doing it for attention, show, look at me, to validate themselves. And on the other hand, the gifted, the person receiving the gifts also benefits nothing from it if their heart's not right. So everyone has to have their heart in the right place so that they can receive the wonderful blessings that God intends with his gifts. When a gifted person uses his or her gift for personal worth, personal validation, attention, personal meaning, then that gifted individual will lose all the personal blessings God longs to give. He longs to bless us. God is not pleased when his gifts are misappropriated for someone else's glory. Neither is God pleased when people receive ministry from gifted people and only think of how they like or benefit from it. That is too self-centered. The giver and the receiver can both lose all the good God intends by being a performer or a consumer both of which are focused upon self. So a performer is someone who wants to use their gifts to get attention, and a consumer is someone that wants you to use your gift so it makes them feel good and happy. And there's a danger of being a performer or a consumer when it comes to spiritual gift. And the remedy is 1 Corinthians 13. The remedy is verse 4 to the end of the chapter. The problem is illustrated in verse 1 to 3 where he picks out a few gifts and says, "Ah, nothing is of no benefit unless you drop down. If you operate in verse 1 to 3, no benefit. But if you drop down and and you live in verse 4 to 13, wonderful benefits. Okay? So number 2, the love of God produces and multiplies the blessings designed to accompany spiritual gifts. The love chapter has often been mistaken as being primarily a guide for how to love others. But, like, be patient. I mean, you need to be kind. Stop being so rude or quit parading yourself. So even though it is a wonderful guide, that it is not at all what makes it powerful and not what makes it important. It's like, hey, the Ten Commandments are a wonderful guide too, but there's no power in them. Ten Commandments can't make you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and self. You put the Ten Commandments in front of me, and I feel crushed. You tell me everything I'm supposed to do to love someone, and all you're doing is telling me, here's how you're supposed to love. Quit being so selfish. It's like, okay, but how? I need help because my heart is selfish. Don't just tell me how to love. Tell me where I can find love. Where can I find this ability and capacity? Don't just tell me what I ought to do. Show me how to get there. And so this list is often, we often come to this wonderful list and we put it on our walls and crochet it, which is wonderful to do because it's the Word of God. But if we misunderstand the purpose for which it's given, I often use this, actually most often I come some reference to 1 Corinthians 13 at a wedding. 
said, you, you need to love like this. But I always, I think, I pray, I intend, I always intend to say, you can't do that without Jesus in your heart. You can't, you don't have that kind of love in yourself. You have to love out of His love. You can't love like that. You don't have the capacity, but he does. So the point is, first and foremost, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 describes not only how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to love, but first and foremost describes how you are loved by Jesus. It's his love for you. And then he says, be like me. Love like I do. I love you this way, therefore I want you to do this. If you don't get the first part, you will be bitterly disappointed and frustrated why you're so self-loving and find it so hard to genuinely love someone else. And it's because you don't know what it is to be loved until you know Jesus. You see... This is first and foremost a description, not of how I am to love others, but how I am loved by Jesus. Jesus loves me. Jesus is patient and kind with me. Jesus does not envy my success. This is describes Jesus loving me. Jesus does not envy my success or put me down by his boasting. He is never arrogant or rude to me. He never insists on his own way, but always does the Father's will. He never irritates me, even when I am irritable. He is not resentful. He never rejoices when I do wrong or when I fail, but rejoices when I choose truth and make a right decision. He bears with me, believes in me, has high hopes for me, endures with all my shortcomings and failures. Jesus loves me. This I know for 1 Corinthians 13 tells me so. Y'all have heard that song, right? I didn't change anything. But you think about it. How... How do we know how to love when humanly we're not very good at it? Where would you look for a model on loving? You're not going to find it in here. It's not us. You're not going to find it in here unless Jesus is in here. But when Jesus comes in here, that's the whole thing the Bible says is people will know that we love him by our love for one another. Where do we learn how to love one another? It came from him. Knowing that I am loved like this means I can afford to love others like this. I am loved so much that I have an overabundance of love for others. Out of the ocean of God's love for me, I can share buckets of love for others. I can find a bucket when I know where the ocean load is. Okay? I am loved so much that I don't get my value or my worth or my dignity from my gifts or my talents or my performance, but straight from Jesus. My value comes straight from Jesus, not from my performance or not from how skillful I am or how many spiritual gifts I have or how much people applaud me. My identity is not in my performance. It's not in a scale. It's not whether I make it the highlight for Volunteer Sunday or not. Dang, I serve. How come I didn't get in the video? <laughs> that would 
That would be just the whole point. Okay. The love of God is superior to and outlasts spiritual gifts. So it's like, kind of like Paul saying, before we finish here on spiritual gifts, remember, um, love is the thing that will outlast the spiritual gifts. You want spiritual gifts so much, um, but they're, there's, they're only going to last. They're designed for this world to accomplish my work in this world. There are gifts designed for this world that will not be in the world to come. They're here to promote, um, develop. We will be completed we will have the full deposit when we get to heaven and we are glorified. We will be finished. We will be finished, complete, done. And we won't need extra giftings to carry the gospel forward. But there are gifts right now that work in this time period until Jesus returns. There are spiritual gifts given to God's people so that they will um, help fulfill the work of the kingdom. So the love of God is superior to all those Temporal gifts and outlast spiritual gifts. Prophecies will end. Tongues are for a time. Knowledge will not be needed when we are completed. One day in heaven, I will be fully developed, all grown up, no longer a spiritual child. In heaven, I will finally be everything I was always meant to be. Isn't that excited? Can you believe that you're not everything you were meant to be? Aren't you, doesn't that thrill you? Because you look and you go, man, I see some shortcomings. I see a lot of shortcomings. I don't like what I see. Even when I already begin to see changes, I'm like, Lord, thank you for the changes, but could you speed the process of transformation up a little bit? I'm still doing some ridiculous, stupid things, some sinful things. I still have a lot on my forgive me this day list. And so thank God I am a mere shadow or a vague reflection of what I will be. Now I'm like an acorn but then I'll be the huge oak tree. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Faith, hope, and love are greater than the spiritual gifts, but love is the master gift. It is the big kahuna. It is the mother load. Okay, you understand? 1 Corinthians 13 now. Okay, so to conclude, more than anything in all the world, I need the love of God in Christ in me. More than anything in the world, more than I need a new car or an um, iPhone 20. You know, it's, I need the love of God in Christ. More than I need a job. More than I need money to pay my bills. More than I need a girlfriend. More than I need a boyfriend. More than I need anything I need the love of God in Christ in me. Even as a Christian, I sometimes still operate out of love for self, even while using my spiritual, my God-given spiritual gift. Sometimes I'm using my gift thinking about me, even as a Christian, and I have to say, Lord God, I'm, I'm up in verse 1 to 3. Can I drop down into 4 to 7? Will you help me drop down? I'm operating out of 1 to 3, focusing on myself. Will you help me, God, as I, I so want to be? using my gifts, 12 and 14, chapters 12 and 14. But can I drop down into 4 to 7 because I am operating totally in 1 to 3 right now. I am focused on myself and it's worthless. It's not benefiting me. It's not benefiting any other. It's not advancing the cause of the kingdom. I am operating in my flesh right now using my spiritual gift. Oh God, will you fill me with love for you and let me drop down into 4 to 7.
You see how, how sweet that is? You see when God just blessings begin, when we operate using our spiritual gifts and we drop down in four to seven, oh, the good that can be done. The good that can be done. Okay. Um, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you're not a Christian, I hope that you're hearing God loves me and wants to bless me and it begins with a new relationship. I want to know Jesus in my heart and my life right here. I like what you're talking about. I, I want to have these spiritual gifts. I want to learn how to love like Christ loves. I want to be loved in order that I can love. If that's resonating with you, it's like I'm not a Christian and I've tried all my life to do right and to love somebody and to do it, but all I do is mess up. I have a long record of just messing up the things that I treasure and challenge, that I cherish. And like I have tried to love better. I've tried to be a good dad. I've tried to be a good mom. I've tried to be a good parent. And so you need right now to do what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raises from the dead. You will be saved. In other words, the love of Jesus will come into you. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And the mouth one confesses and is saved. So I'm offering Jesus to you. I'm offering to you the ocean. So you can sometimes carry a bucket. Do you want to receive Jesus this morning? Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth. And believe in my heart today. I receive you. And then I want you to take that gift list. And say, Lord, help me to move from verse 1 to 3 down to verse 4 to 7. As I use my gifts. I'm up here lately in 1 to 3. I want to drop down to 4 to 7. Psalm 32, 11. Be glad in the Lord. And rejoice can we not rejoice? He has so many good things for us in His ocean. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy all the you upright in heart. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Father, we just pray right here, right now. I just pray if there's someone right here today that they, they know about you, but they never have given their hearts to you. Would you just come right now, Lord, let anyone here who wants to receive you today. Lord Jesus, I receive you. I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I receive you today because I want to know, I want to know, first of all, what it is to be loved by God in Christ. Come into my heart, Jesus, today. And Lord, as a church, we are crying, forgive us when we operate in verse 1 to 3 and we focus on ourselves. Take us into a much deeper walk with you in the using of our spiritual gifts out of love for you and to love like you. Drop us down into verse 4 to 7, O oh God, so that we can know the blessing of God in our church and we can know what it feels like to use spiritual gifts out of love for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.